Welcome to Oddcast, Tales of Teaching and Hands-On Learning at Hendricks College. Let's get started. Let's start with uh, who we have today. And tell your, tell us your name and um, your, the department you teach in. I'm Kiro Kolev. I'm in the politics and IR department. Okay. What courses do you teach? I teach mostly um, on the comparative politics side, which is uh, world politics courses on regime type, um, on elections, on. I also teach research methods, which is uh, more on the methodology side of things. When did you come to Hendrix? 2011. So this is my eighth year. Okay. And tell us a little bit about the department. The department is, uh, there's six of us, uh, and we cover um, topics in in all the major subfields in political science, um, that includes political philosophy, international relations, comparative politics, and also American politics. Okay. How does that compare to other de- other departments in uh, on, on campus? Is that a bigger one or mid, mid-range or... You know, that's a good s- question. We had smaller? this conversation. Okay. We don't know. We, we, we think we're much smaller <laughs> than... Um, it came up in a, a departmental meeting. Okay. Um, I think we're much uh, smaller than, let's say, biology. Right. Um, or some of the sciences. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're, we're probably on the small side. Is there a course that, that you've been wanting to teach that you haven't had a chance to? Or? I, I have managed to integrate things into an existing courses. Um, one of the courses that I wanted to do um, was applying statistics to answer mm-hmm. questions that are relevant or important in, in contemporary political discussions. Um, and I first envisioned it as a standalone course, but I've done more and more of that, um, bringing a little bit of empirics and a little bit of data into more substantive courses already. Tell us a little bit about your background, how you got into teaching. Teaching was, I think when when I think about that question, I've thought about it before, and my uh, my answer is actually probably going back to growing up. My mother was a high school teacher, um, and my first memory of thinking that teaching was something interesting was her coming back from class and saying um, she explained things so well that even she understood them. <laughs> and to me, you know, that, that could mean one of two things. She was not preparing sufficiently or was not a very good teacher. Or that what I think is actually going on was that uh, she embraced the opportunity to be a lifelong learner herself. Yeah. So this is what what is really appealing to me. Uh, but when I teach, I constantly improve my knowledge and 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 become better prepared. And then I had very good role models throughout high school and college that I people I looked up to and wanted to be like one day, which yeah. is probably the more standard. Where'd you Where'd you go to school? 
for for high school, I went back in Bulgaria, but it's a it was a weird hybrid of an institution because it was partly American, partly Bulgarian. Oh, wow. Uh, and so it was called American. It is still called American College of Sofia. And then I went to Whittier College in California, mm-hmm. which is a school very similar to Hendrix in many ways. And I got my master's and PhD at Duke. Was there a moment when you decided I'm I'm going to become a college professor? Yes, at Whittier. At Whittier. Whittier, okay. and it was it was precisely the opportunity to interact with with professors and how much I learned from them doing that and the ability to challenge myself but also be treated as a peer in many ways mm-hmm. was very was something that really encouraged me to then continue on to grad school always politics and IR or no you, no I was economics in in, 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 in college um, I took a lot of a few political science classes, uh-huh. and got increasingly interested in political economy, which uh-huh. is another course I teach at Hendricks, and the interaction between politics and economics. Right. And so, um, I was a social science person. Okay, that um, sounds very liberal and, arts yeah, as well. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. And when you're not teaching, what what do you do? I do. Um, I like small. Th- Things like cooking <laughs> on a daily basis, this really relaxes me. But when I have more time, I like um, biking. I also like photography. I like traveling, so, and those things go together. Well, let's pivot just a little bit and talk about the Odyssey Professorship. First of sure. all, uh, what is the name of the Odyssey Professorship that you that you have? Is the James and Emily Bost Professorship. Is that a professorship that is... Uh, Sort of restricted to an area, or more open-ended. It is. It was more open-ended. What was your big idea? My big idea was I had already done some global awareness and trips with students. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wanted to do a little bit more of that and expand it, um, and also kind of add a research component to it. So basically, merge two categories there, mm-hmm. which is the global awareness and the graduate research. Um, both experience the world and talk about some of the issues and some of the things we can learn from other countries, but also develop it further by thinking about the the ways in which we can in which we can study it systematically, uh, using data or using uh, more empirical approaches to it. What's the, what was the time period on your professorship? So this is my third year and final year. Okay, yes. so you're yeah, in the so home stretch, tw- yes, so to speak. Yeah, so 2017 to 2019. Okay. 2016 to 2019. What were some of the what were some of the just sort of the outputs, I guess, or out, outcomes from from that for for you and for students? For student, so for me, it was some of the more s- tangible out- outcomes were. Um, I was able to work with students on research that I was interested in, but also that some of them got interested in. That that resulted in um, two publications in peer-reviewed journals, um, which was um, which also worked very well with the fact that I was on sabbatical for a semester, so I had some time to dedicate to you know engage students, do some work, but also then write it up and and make it uh, publishable. The other big part of it was uh, one summer 
travel experience with uh, a small group of four students to uh, Central and Eastern Europe where we studied the politics of Bulgaria, Macedonia, and Serbia, but also one longer experience, which was a, a whole semester study abroad for seven students in Cyprus. Um, these are the main. Yeah, main and you mentioned some smaller Odyssey Right. projects before the professorship did, mm -hmm. is it sort was it sort of a, a build or a building block from one experience to to this and it was this it was in fact both of the previous ones were summer travel and throughout South, southeastern Europe essentially um, we have visited at this point pretty much most of the Balkan countries on on three separate trips um, and so that that was very enjoyable and very um, also very gave me courage and and also motivation to kind of expand and, and you know both seeing students reactions to it but also seeing that on on my end I was better able to um, merge my teaching with with this more experiential type of activity but also, I build a lot of connections with organizations and, and, and people in Southeastern Europe. Mm -hmm. Since you've had the smaller one-off sort of Odyssey project and you've had the longer professorship, uh, what are the big differences, I guess, between a sort of a one-off thing versus a longer-term thing? What what can you do in one that you can't do in other? You have more time to both prepare students and have, a, for example, I offer a class on Central and Eastern European politics, and some students taking this class could have the background to inform their travel later on, for example. But more importantly, um, there's a continued communication. There's kind of the structure of interaction with students, both before and after an experience. Um, because what, what inevitably happens while you're on the road is students notice things that challenge their expectations or break down stereotypes, if you will, having this longer time period allows you to then follow up and kind of make sense of them in, in a more sophisticated, more elaborate way. Did it, for you, was it, was it something that just unfolded as you, as you planned or were there some unexpected, um, Surprises, good and bad. Is there yeah. something that did not go according to plan? Maybe that every single experience there were surprises. <laughs> uh, for me, as going into it, I was most in my first year. I was very much focused on getting research done with students, showing them, hey, all of those things that sometimes we discuss and have conversations about. Um, so the first year we we did a research project on on voter turnout. So why, why, why sometimes we have countries that are democratic um, and you have the right to vote, the right to information, the right to, to assemble and form organizations. But then we have countries, including the United States, where in spite of a very established system of democracy, you don't have very high levels of turnout. And then you have countries like Australia where voting is a-mandatory. Um, even though the penalty is negligible. But at any rate, you have another rich, established democracy where voter turnouts are 80%, 90% on a regular basis. And so we wanted to, to discuss this, but not only discuss it, but actually study it systematically. I think my interest initially was 
to get research done. Students uh, were very interested in the research, but 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 you know, at some point it becomes a little bit too technical and a little bit too systematic. And so I, what I had to learn, what was unexpected for me, is to actually both in terms of the topics we cover and the conversations we're having, and in terms of the output that we're shooting for, we need to. I need to be to give more leadership and more control to students. And that, that makes it a more meaningful experience. And that, this was something I learned that has been extremely beneficial for me. Yeah. Yeah. Was there something that, um, that you were surprised, you, maybe you had not considered when you, you know, put the proposal together and the plan, but you're glad it happened that way? I, I would say this, what I just mentioned, that the, the balance between, okay, what, what do we mean we're going to be doing research? What, what do we mean by that? Or we're going to increase our global awareness. And how those two things interact to me was what, what is meaningful to students is sometimes the opportunity to have a forum, the opportunity to have a conversation, the opportunity to, to, to have a conversation with other peers, not necessarily to go to, con- to a conference ne- or not necessarily to, to have a paper that right. is published. Right. Stu- how do the students get Odyssey credit? What what types of Odyssey credit could could they get? So most of the credit that they did end up getting is global awareness. Global awareness. And okay. then we, we had a couple of independent studies for undergraduate research. Research. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So there are multiple right. ways they could mm-hmm. sort of come come at this. Uh, who do you think got more out of the professorship, the students or you? I think I got more out <laughs> of it, uh, but depending on the students that you talk to. So yeah. for for example. We had a graduate that it now, I think he graduated, Peter Butler is his name, he, he graduated in 2017, I believe. Um, we're still on the, uh, we are scheduled to have a conversation about a project work we are working on, and that started now on during the first year of the professorship. So it's been uh, two and a half years. He's had two jobs since graduating from college, and we still, um, and it's and it's it's become this. We're just curious about things that are happening in politics. Is there something you may have thought of early on in the professorship or recently that you thought oh, that's a great topic? I've got to, but I've got to wait until this professorship's done to to pursue it. It is. I think as the professorship is winding down, what I'm finding is I'm more comfortable with. Allowing stu- to letting students identify what those topics might be, and so for example, I have a group of um, three students, and one of them it actually started in the in the in a class we were having. We're having a debate about equality. Now this is becoming this big topic, mm-hmm. but um, the student then got together with three two other students, and they decided, well, let's l- let's see how we can talk about this as as a larger group of students, but let's first find out what the student body cares about. And so they did a, a survey of, of the student body asking what is your mo- what do you think is the most press- pressing social, economic, or political issue? Um, I think what, what we'll do is they now have, and they've done it mostly themselves. I shouldn't take too much credit for it. But they, they said, well, here's, it seems like the environment is a very big concern for students. So, um, so we, we can gauge the, the, what, in, what students are interested in, but then bring it in a more structured environment to talk about, okay, what, why do we care about this issue? What are, what are the consequences of this issue that 
that makes us they make that that uh, make us interested or concerned about it, and is there a link there? So if you say, I'm very very concerned about immigration, right, which is a big political discussion we're having these days. Well, what are does immigration influence some outcomes? Let's say economic growth, or or the the extent to which we can get along. Is there, can we get at that using systematic evidence? And so what I've learned now is and, and is empowering students to identify those topics and then guiding them in the way we can study them empirically is, I'm more focused on the process now rather than the topics necessarily. Yeah, that's yeah. great. Are there, are there specific sort of ways that you, th- you think that, um, uh, there are specific results from this for you. I mean, a, a new a new course, a, a, a book idea, or a... so. Two articles have been published so far, yeah. um, and so one of them is um, came out from our conversations on voter turnout. Yeah, um, we and it was right around the presidential election. Sure, and so um, uh, another conversation that was happening in the in public was um, a conversation about the role that money plays in politics. Mm-hmm. And so we tried, we decided to explore whether the amount of private donations that parties and candidates get, um, there's a link between that and whether or not voters turn out and mm-hmm. vote. Um, our logic was that um, once you have those huge donations flooding uh, and overwhelming, mm-hmm. um, s- contributions by regular citizens, some some um, citizens could get discouraged with the political system as a whole and, and check out and not turn out. And and we got we got confirmation of that and that yeah. that got published in electoral studies. Um, and so and there's another another um, uh, pr- another paper on a different topic that got published as a result of that as well. Um, so these are the two the yeah. two solid. Uh, outcomes that I, that I was very excited about. Um, but I would say also um, I have just become much more inf- much more open to student ideas and, and, and encouraging debate even on sensitive topics in class mm-hmm. because I've practiced so much approaching sensitive topics with data. Yeah. Um, because that's, that was the model of that of that forum that we had yeah. that we've been having with students in a smaller setting especially nowadays when when sensitive topics especially in politics are becoming more and more yeah. obvious and more and more pronounced um, I have really embraced um, encouraging discussion and then saying okay can we address discussion using empirical evidence yeah. to inform us why something is good or why something is bad rather than just having this discussion that is just based on identity or ideology and right. those discussions tend to be polarizing and yeah. and, and and less productive yeah. well, it seems like for some professors they, they they wind down the professorship project and then they they pivot to something else that they've that also interests them but maybe for you this is sort of an ongoing thing that's going to it's going to stay with you for a long time absolutely because because I have this role uh, in the department as, yeah. as the person working with students on empirical <laughs> research, being able to 
workshop that outside of the classroom. And then, and then also realizing that interest, student interest is based on them also identifying the issues they want to study. Yeah. This is directly translates in a very good way to the classroom experience. And that this is a, a method I plan to keep using. Well, it sounds like this, this opportunity really mm-hmm. came to you at, at the right, at the right time. You had a few Definitely. sort of almost pilot experiences before this. A longer form, yes. longer yes. form project. Do, do you have advice for maybe, um, maybe junior faculty who are who are you know just thinking about one of their first big either standalone Odyssey mm-hmm. projects, or you know maybe they've maybe they've had one or two projects and they're 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 thinking about that professorship. Now is there is there something you've some wisdom you would impart? I think starting small yeah. helped me a lot, uh, and part- and by starting small, I don't even mean the first Odyssey experience. It's just uh, sponsoring student proposals yeah. for Odyssey funding right. and just reading through because that gives you a sense of what students identify as areas of interest yeah. and being able to supervise them, in in without taking over their ideas yeah. is is a good experience, and then trying something. Uh, uh, self-contained kind of project um, to that could be expanded into a professorship. I think the other development that is very, that is going to be very beneficial is moving away from just three-year professorships but giving an opportunity for one year and a two-year. That might be something else. If you have something that doesn't necessarily, you know, it's, it's, could be meaningful within a smaller time frame, mm-hmm. that's another way to... Yeah. get to learn the program and get some some experience and some feedback along the way from all sorts of different sources, the Odyssey program, the students, and some other professors as well. It seems like th- that's just really part of the magic of Odyssey is that there's the scalability. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you you start by seeing, like you said, you, you, you sign on to a student's project mm-hmm. and, you, and you see how, and, and you really learn from their experience, right, and, and help guide that. And then you, you grow that scalability is really, really unique, and that's the great. It's scalability and flexibility. And flexibility. It's, it's just and and we encourage students to focus on the experience, mm-hmm. um, and sometimes the experience is not what you expect, but that's part of the most meaningful. Yeah. You know, I'll, I'll talk to students I took on, um, I traveled with maybe uh, four, five, six years ago, yeah. and. And the things they remember always are <laughs> surprising because it's not necessarily what I assigned for them to read, right. <laughs> but or what you know, or even though those are meaningful things, right. but it's sometimes the discrepancy between what they read, right, and what they observed, and and what happened to them, yeah. and, and sometimes they said, "Well, here's what I thought would happen, and here's what I thought this experience would be like," and then this totally different thing happened and yeah. and this was so yeah. meaningful for me and the flexibility too if you were yeah. if you were doing this through an external grant funded thing you would yeah. you know you would be sort of measured by everything in your plan and you know probably seeking permission if if things you know right. if the plan needed to be altered and and there's there's really a lot of built in flexibility with with the professorship yes. and odyssey and, in general i guess yes we do have we do have Useful reminders every year, um, 
and and I think these are actually every year you get to reread your proposal essentially uh, to say yeah. here's what I meant, but but it wouldn't be the sort of thing like you said, an external grant might say, well, you promised us right. this many articles, or you promised uh-huh. us a bu- book manuscript. How yeah. far along are? And that's. Um, I, I would say I started my first year with that mindset more yeah. so um, and and found that, uh, you know, you don't want to turn this experience into this um, graduate school type right. of yes. environment, but you want students to have some creativity and some ownership. Well, and I, maybe one uh, unique outcome of, of this experience for you is um, you're about to be a, involved in Odyssey in a much different way. Can yes. you tell us about that? So I will be um, starting next year for the, it's a four-year term, I'll be the director of the Odyssey okay. program, uh, something I'm very excited about. Yeah. And Congratulations. Thank That's you. Great. And I'm very humbled. I have a lot to uh, the current uh, directors, uh, Jay Barth and right. Ann Goldberg, is, are people that have I've always looked up to and so yeah. I, I hope Excuse to, to fill. work yeah. with. Yes. And, uh, Peter Guess, um, right. who is the associate uh, provost in charge of uh, engaged learning, is is also someone that has helped me so much as I was going, as I was learning and yeah. interacting with the Odyssey program. Everyone really gets a chance uh, to to give a sort of testimonial about about Odyssey and and, and how how that really shapes the things that you do at Hendrix. Well, and you're about to step into it from a. a from a leadership standpoint, what 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 is your what what's your thought on 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 the relationship of Odyssey to Hendrix and how how that really is the sort of earmark on the 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 students' experience here? I I think it is very something a very unique Hendrix experience. Mm-hmm. I I I have been involved with the uh, senior ex- uh, exit dinner, so seniors as they graduate, yeah, yeah. Um, we get a chance to talk to people who have been involved with Odyssey and yeah. tell them about what the program has meant for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I and I always always wish we were reco- right, recording yeah. those because right. uh, you get those fascinating stories. Yeah. Um, about uh, about their experiences and how they learned so much and they didn't necessarily always we learn what they that. thought they would learn. Um, and, and so I've always thought this is what prospective sure. students need to be <laughs> hearing. Right. They need to hear that. When yeah. they're trying to understand what Hendrix is. Right. Um, and so my testimonial is, this is th- these are the best people to give, uh, yeah. to give the testimonials. Um, but, but the story that they're giving, and I think this this kind of defines Odyssey to to a great extent is I was given the freedom to take ownership yeah. to actually think about what matters to me and how yeah. I want to think outside of the classroom, yeah. think outside of the box. I was also given support and guidance, but I was not restricted in, in, the, in the outcomes that I got out yeah. of it. And in fact, um, it was this journey. It was it was a true odyssey, right? It was, sure. and it was not always right. while it was unfolding. It was an odyssey. It wasn't yeah. a cruise, right? right? It was it was uh, something that had its challenges. It had its ups and downs. Sure. But then in the end, I I got something meaningful, and I feel better prepared or more informed or um, 
better educated as a whole. Yeah. And I think this is the greatest, the greatest testimony um, to the program. Yeah, the student a couple of years ago, uh, I'll never forget it. Said, um, you know, when students feel supported, they take risks, and mm-hmm. when they take risks, they grow. And that and that just seemed like, you know, such a such a throwaway line on the one hand, mm-hmm. but it just really summed up uh, Odyssey and a lot of things about it. Absolutely. Yeah. Is there anything else you want to share about your no? I want to sh- Speaking of sharing our story, thank yeah, you for yeah. doing those uh, the podcast. This is a tremendous opportunity for us to. Yeah. To also, I'm looking forward to listening to all the, the, the things that my colleagues had to share because this is this is a shared experience. I'm, I'm not because I cringe when I hear my own voice, but I, I enjoy hearing the, the professors talk. It's just been great to hear the fact. I'm used to do this all the time, right? And uh, hearing the faculty members and how passionate they are about teaching. I'd, I'd love to do more of these. And I think this, it really came because there was an external review Mm-hmm. of Odyssey, and um, I want to say that one of the recommendations it was not actually a podcast or, or anything. It was how how do we remind people that the Odyssey professorship program is part and parcel of the Odyssey program, that it is really closely connected to, to the Odyssey program. So the the podcast was the the sort of solution to how do you how do you solve it's that? It's a great idea. So, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm I'm looking forward to to, to being able to share these and uh, hope we get a chance to do more mm-hmm. and uh, use more students. I think that'll be great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that'll be great. And less me. <laughs> I I think going back to those interviews, it's it's this situation where. They've gotten so much, and they're so passionate about it. And then yeah. you ask them, "But do you remember Odyssey when you were applying?" Yeah. And and maybe because it's been a long time, but they sometimes yeah. they, they say we we don't know. Yeah, and yeah. and that's not just, that's. I mean, I don't know what sharing the stories. It would be just. It's just. It's also not necessarily only to attract students, right? It's also. To to help the community understand what we're doing. Sure. Right? You're, right. you're you're not. In the classroom only, we we do so many things, and some of the and some of the questions are huge questions, right? So, you want to talk about immigration or inequality or voter turnout? Let's talk about it. Yeah, and we're not necessarily experts, but we can in all things under the sun. But as long as you have interest, there there are ways to spend time. Yeah, to tackle those issues. Yeah, and and we as a group of people, our collective wisdom will, is is greater than just doing this individually, or yeah. or a faculty member putting it on a syllabus and having an exam on that is very different from from saying, okay, what what exactly when you say that you care about this issue, mm-hmm. what is it that you care about, and why do you do you care about it, and forget about, let's start with you, mm-hmm. let's not start with the experts that are on the syllabus let's start right. with your concern first yeah. and i think that the passion for the issue increases before you get hit with the inevitably more rigorous and structured sure. treatment of those subjects in the academic community yeah. well i think i think that's a fabulous testimony for uh for odyssey and um uh, congratulations on on uh, the, the new opportunity to thank you lead that and look forward to working with you and getting the stories